Like one guy kind of seemed like a weird little snake, and one guy seemed like this like little mole <laughs> rodent. <laughs> Welcome. It's Talking Shit with a Yank. And a Brit. I'm Kate. And I'm Gemma. I know who you are. God. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, grand. A little bit grand. tired, but pretty good. You look like you're glowing. I am burnt. <laughs> You look just like you have a nice kind of glow and, you know, like a little rose, but you don't look like a lobster or anything. Oh, your nose is a little look pink. Look at my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Wear sunscreen. God. I did. But I'm still bad. You have to put it on more than once. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. I put it on once and hoped for the best. I've taken to wearing hats now. My dermatologist was like the best thing to do. And this is why you'll see dermatologists in hats is just wear a hat. And sunscreen, mm. but also a hat. I do. I do wear a hat. I just didn't take a hat with me this weekend, so I had no choice but to sit in the sun, and turn into a lobster. <laughs> What'd you do? I I had a gig on Friday night, mm-hmm. a lovely pub down in Brighton. Um, went very well. Good. Good crowd. Everyone said it was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate your feedback. I know I didn't come say hi, but. I was there. Oh, was that you in the back corner? Mm-hmm, wearing the hat. Just with the sunglasses and the <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then last night I went glamping at a vineyard. Fun. Which was really fun. The weather's mm. been lovely. And yeah, I was going to ask yeah. if the weather must have been nice because glamping in English rain seems like it would suck. Probably would, yeah. But yeah it's you been still do nice. it, though. You still gotta yeah. do it, otherwise, when would you? Exactly. Our lives would come to a halt mm-hmm. if every time it rained. We did. I've heard that, like in like sunny places like LA and California and things, like when it rains, everyone's like, "I can't do anything because it's raining." I, I feel like that's true, though. I would only really know just based on, like. There's a podcast I listen to. I think you know it, My Favorite Murder. Sometimes they'll talk mm. about how it's been raining and it's like a big fucking deal for a couple different reasons because it hadn't rained in so long and maybe there was like a drought and because you can't do anything. I think it's probably similar to in the states that don't get snow get snow and they right, yeah. lose their collective minds. Mm. So As yeah. we do here when it snows. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And that's okay. No judgment, but we get it all. <laughs> so we have to deal with it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has it gone now? Has it finally gone? Oh, no, there's still a little snow outside. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's unbearably hot now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. One extreme to the other. That's what we Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. There was like a very short window, pun intended, where we could like open our windows and not have our air conditioning on. Um, just to get like some fresh air into the house. And mm. then it was just all of a sudden way too hot. Like I would look at our thermostat and it would be 89 degrees in the house and it's not even that hot outside. So, wow. yeah. And also, <clears throat> you know, that's when 
all of the allergens came into our house and I had my fun skin reactions. And then there were also these, <laughs> I think it was in Canada, these forest fires, which oh, the, really? the smoke was visible in the air here. And even as far as Sioux City, because my friends were talking oh, about wow. it down there. So it was kind of like, oh, we should probably close up the house so we're not yeah. just inhaling all of the smoke. Mm, yeah, probably a wise decision. Mm. Mm. No, I liked it. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> it's good for the skin, all that ash. Ooh. Yep. So I'm glad to hear you had some good weather and a nice weekend. I didn't do a great deal because I'm kind of behind on work. So I spent some time doing that. And oh, well, I made a TikTok page for our podcast. Oh, say more. I will. <laughs> uh, don't anticipate a lot of original TikToks of me doing things or of Gemma doing things, but maybe no promises that we won't either. Well, you're not going to do I'm dances. Still, I mostly just because I haven't used TikTok in any way other than to just view TikToks mm -hmm. that I'm not sure I really know all that goes into I mean people do some really elaborate ones I know um so maybe but people send me videos yeah like that's why I, I ended up downloading the app because it was just like easier to view things but mm -hmm. um you know our account number our name number is it's talking shit with the yank and a brit that's like you'll see it in our little image thumbnail for our show but I'll, the at is at T-S-W-A-Y-A-A-B, or in other words, the first letter of each word of our show. Lovely little acronym. To Swayab. <laughs> to Swayab. Yeah. <laughs> Go to our To Swayab page. Yep. Follow us and you will see things. I will post things. Um, it's the same for Twitter as well. The cool. same, like, at symbol. So Awesome. There's and that. there will also shortly be an Instagram page for the pod. Um, which is not, not yet live, but it's pending. So <laughs> once I've done that, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I would say that that means that people will not be inundated from our personal accounts for a podcast, but that'd be a lie. I'm still going to inundate people <laughs> 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 on Instagram anyway. Uh, great. Well, how exciting. Mm -hmm. That was, I think, probably my most... The, what I was most productive around. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your service. Well, you do. For the listeners at home, Gemma is the, the brains and the artist behind the editing of our podcast, posting of it, um, the hilarious reels and clips and teasers for our episodes. So <laughs> she basically does all of the work. I just show up. Um, I thought I could maybe pull my weight a little bit. <laughs> yeah, do some <laughs> fucking work, Kate. Fine. I will. Fine. Um, so you sent me something interesting earlier today um, hmm. that I thought maybe would be a good topic of conversation for us today. And it was specifically this clip of someone interviewing folks was it in london do you know or just somewhere in england i don't know somewhere in england yeah about how much things cost in the u.s specifically relating to like medication and necessary medical care like mm. ambulances and stuff and i think the thing that's was not a surprise to me but was pretty 
illustrative of the differences in our healthcare systems was the folks getting interviewed's reaction to the price of an inhaler and the price Mm -hmm. of um, insulin. Was it EpiPens or insulin? Uh, EpiPens, I think. Yeah. So So it was the, it was guess the cost of, um, God, I've just had a mind blank. (laughs) What was the first one? (laughs) Inhaler. Like yeah. yeah. So yeah, guess the price of an inhaler in the US. Um, and for for those listening in the UK, it was three hundred and fifty dollars. I think it was a range, but yeah, two fifty to three fifty. And the first girl was like a hundred, and the guy was kind of like, "Oh, you already kind of have an idea about this, but mm. it's higher." So, um, an EpiPens. That Two I actually pens. Oh right, okay. Was Which are life saving. Yeah. And insulin too. That's the thing I could speak to. Is like I've heard. I don't need insulin, but I've heard about it. Is like people. Insulin is so expensive that mm. people have like had to ration it or go without and have died. Like yeah, children yeah, have died. People have well. died because of it. And that's even with, I think, insurance covering really? it. Really. Yeah. Wow. Because insurance is like just kind of the, I think, the biggest issue. Um, mm. And then the ambulance one, which was like 2000 to 2500 to call because the guy had asked, he's like, $100? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> it's cheaper to get a taxi. Yeah. Surely? Mm-hmm. I guess the taxi is not going to be like hooking you up to life-saving yeah, equipment, yeah. though. So hopefully you don't need that. <laughs> you never know. Could be a, a doctor moonlighting, you know. I think, though, people have... Like they're in public, something happens to them. Someone calls an ambulance and they're like, I decline this because I can't afford it. Wow. So I will get myself to the hospital somehow. And I think that's if their ability to like say that. Some people mm. might not. And then they get there and they're like, fuck, that's going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah. It makes me really, I mean, I know like obviously you guys have insurance, mm-hmm. which covers it, but not everyone does. But it's not even something we think about here in the UK because of our NHS, the national healthcare system. Can you, you know, talk about that generally, like how it works, what it does, how it's paid for? Yeah, so it's essentially our healthcare system is it's funded by general taxation um, and national insurance contributions. So we all basically get taxed out of our pay packet every month a certain amount which is then contributed to the NHS basically Mm -hmm. Um, and also what goes into it is like um, people paying for things like um, prescriptions and um, dentist fees things like that so you like you can go to a dentist on the NHS but mostly our dentists are privatized and so a lot more expensive so that's how it's all paid for so it's kind of it comes out of our pay packet before we even see it um the amount you pay depends on how much you earn um and that's how our healthcare is funded so it's it's not something you even think about really it's like thank god for the nhs it's fucking brilliant so you go you have to go to the doctor for your annual lady exam, mm-hmm. right? That we have to do because we're special. Yeah. <laughs> and 
you basically don't you walk out no bill you don't have a copay you don't have like if you pick something that the doctor recommends that maybe isn't like something you do every time you don't have to pay that like there's not oh okay so everything's covered everything's covered birth control the checkups any tests um anything like that the only downside of it is because the nhs is stretched um and obviously you know procedures and and certain scans and tests are expensive so you know there are cases where if something's wrong they might not necessarily go to the most um like the test that could find the results the quickest mm-hmm. if you know what I mean like so yeah. if someone had like a stomach pain they wouldn't necessarily go like straight to a CT scan they do an ultrasound first because it's much cheaper and mm-hmm. um so it can take longer sometimes to diagnose things well that's true um, here too <laughs> yeah but in general it's you know it is great like yeah you break your arm get an ambulance for free uh go to a and and they'll plaster you up. Off you go. Is there... So there's pros and cons to every system, right? Mm-hmm. You said it's stretched. And that could be because there's so many people and not enough providers. That could be because there's so many people who aren't paying in because of unemployment or age or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are, are there things that you have to like wait for if it's not an emergency or is there like a like you can't get an appointment for a particular thing until you know three months away or like do you, is that a thing yeah so I mean serious things such as cancer things like that are generally pretty quick but I know that the pandemic put wait times back a lot and there's people that have been waiting like two years for operations yeah um they probably prioritize like who like life or death at this point right yeah yeah yeah. exactly um so yeah there can be long wait times especially for things like like mental health I know Mm -hmm. I think again it's like a two-year wait to see a therapist or a counselor um so obviously people have to go private for that really if you want to speak to someone which is a bit shit um, but yeah, it's lack of lack of resources. I think. I mean, I'm no expert, um, so if I'm getting this wrong, please do tell me, listeners. Silas, Silas, help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think Brexit had a big effect on it. Like we lost a lot of doctors and nurses because of that. Also, we pay our doctors and nurses terribly. Um, so there's just a real lack of people training to be mm-hmm. doctors and nurses now. Um, you tend to get the, the higher ups in the NHS, so like sort of the you know, senior management or whatever they may call them, get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to make decisions. But then the people actually doing the work don't get paid a lot. And there's been loads of doctors and nurses strikes recently mm. um, to try and increase their pay, which... They fucking should. I mean, just looking at the pandemic, mm-hmm. they had to work all through that and they were absolutely exhausted and burnt out and still are. And they're getting paid peanuts. Well, and I think people think like, oh, being a doctor, you're going to make a tidy sum, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is it's that's them pushing 
doctors and nurses to go into private healthcare because they get yeah. paid a lot more. Um, and in my opinion, I think this is our government's plan because the Tories want to privatise the NHS because they can make a shitload more money from it. And I think they're secretly letting that happen so that the NHS falls on its knees um, and we don't have it anymore. That was going to be because you, you referenced private. So what I'm interpreting is that there are providers out there mm-hmm. in the healthcare field who don't like, don't, like they don't cut, aren't included in the NHS. So if no. you went to see them, you'd be paying out of pocket. But yeah. is there also private insurance that you can like get? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can take out healthcare insurance. Again, I guess it probably works much the same mm-hmm. as your system does. Um, and some employers give healthcare insurance as well. Um, it's quite rare, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and you'll get obviously a faster treatment and um, yeah. probably a little bit more in-depth investigations into what's wrong mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But yeah, I I think it's great. Like, I mean, I pay for my pill now just because it's quicker to order it online. <laughs> but before that, I'd never had to pay for birth control or mm-hmm. anything like that. You just go and see your doctor. They do a little checkup. Here you go. Yeah. Lovely jubbly. But yeah, it is like the GPs, which are under the NHS, they're like really stretched. Like, for example, in my town, the problem is, is they're, they're building loads of new houses and things and growing towns without putting the infrastructure in to deal with it. So my local GP are now not taking any new patients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. So well, then where do those people go who need to exactly. see someone to? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you just like, you can't get an appointment for like weeks or you have to call up at 8 a.m., be on hold for like an hour to try and get an emergency appointment. Yikes. It's yeah. a bit crazy at the moment. So I remember there was like, I saw, I think it was on Reddit, it was a question of like, what do you think would happen if like the US and or the UK like swapped healthcare systems? And the response was like, both, like the either country or both countries would riot, right? Because we, as a country here, have this kind of very, um, I think it's like two different, it's a dichotomizing subject anyways, where it's like people think that nationalized healthcare would be better and everyone's like we're not communists and look at the all the countries I have and blah 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 so um you know we have I think this is where I can't speak to a lot of different scenarios and ex like expertise in some of the political stuff of it all but because I've always been blessed with being able to have private insurance like my parents carried it I was covered on it until I was Mm -hmm. like 26 and then every job I've had my employer offered subsidized insurance so like they pay a portion I pay a portion Mm pre-tax comes out of my paycheck much like NHS Mm -hmm. and it's always been pretty decent insurance too um though you know to cover Sean and I you know there might be something called a deductible which means like we have to pay that out of pocket first before insurance covers it and Sean Mm -hmm. like nothing infuriates him more than like having to pay like we do out of our paycheck and then have to still pay (laughs) (laughs) when we go to the doctor, you know? Um, 
which I get. And then when we get the bill, because he, you know, not to give too much information, but like there was, he had a health issue. And then like the bill afterwards, uh, he was, and I was like, oh, that's not that bad, all things considered. And he's like, what? That's not that bad? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I have good insurance because it would have been a lot more than that. And he Mm. was just so horrified. But I get it because of where he came from and what that looked like. And, you know, we're both generally healthy people so the stuff that I get care for whether it's my like lady stuff or just like a general like visit to the doctor normally I don't like I don't have to fork over my card for anything and Mm -hmm. um you know my my any medication is usually requires a deductible too so like we have like in office visits and and stuff like that as a deductible medication is a deductible it's it's complicated it really Mm -hmm. is and at some point I'm just kind of like whatever so we have this thing called a health savings account that takes money out of my uh, each paycheck also pre-tax I think but I get each year I get the full amount that I elect to have so if I pick two thousand dollars um I'll get the two thousand dollars immediately available to me to use for healthcare expenses right um at the first of the year but it'll be deducted out of my paycheck over the course of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than all at once. Um, so that's nice, yeah. which means that we might have like, you know, $2,000 to spend on, you know, kind of a something more expensive if need be. Mm. And, you know, we also, like we have three different insurances. We have like our healthcare, we have our dental, and then we have vision. They're not all the same. All right. Okay. <laughs> Vision and dental are not super expensive. Uh, the like actual health insurance can be. We just switched over with my job, so it's like kind of cheap right now. Originally, it was like three hundred and some dollars a month or a paycheck actually uh, for both Sean and I, which is kind of high, but it's like mm-hmm. also the most expensive plan because that was just you could go anywhere. You don't have to go to a doctor that's in network or a specific facility. That's another right. thing in network and out okay. of network. Um, but the vision's like eight dollars a month and dental's a little bit more but the other thing that always kind of makes me laugh and I think is probably stereotypes both of our countries have about the other is like our weird obsession with teeth and and dentists and stuff like that and what's available and then the joke that like Brits always have horrible teeth here right (laughs) yeah uh so but we you know we go to the dentist we can go like twice a month for cleanings and like that's when they do x-rays anything else but you can also go if you if your mouth hurts and you just need to get in right that's all covered so I guess maybe that's like the difference because obviously we have the NHS for healthcare, but we have to pay for dentistry Mm -hmm. that puts people off doing it and maybe that's why we've got shitty teeth it is interesting to me though because like I firmly believe that like mouth health really impacts the rest of your body too mm-hmm. you know well it can lead to like you know heart disease and yeah and so like an ounce of what is that an ounce of prevention is worth a something of i don't remember the phrase Penny in the book <laughs> burn the hand to the bush i don't know <laughs> whatever you guys all know what i'm saying but yeah, like yeah. we like the preventative care really i think is cheaper in the long run because if you mm. are going to the dentist when there's like a major issue that that and I think this is true here too 
some things won't get covered. Like my dentist told me, you're really, you have, you must be stressed a lot because I can tell that you clench your, you clench. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I do clench it, like clench or grind my teeth at night. And they're like, you should get this mouth guard. And I was like, great. No, that's not covered. That would be like $800. And right. I'm like, why? If they covered that now, I probably won't have issues mm. down the road that they will have to cover. Yeah. You know? And are they doing that on purpose so that maybe you then have to get further work done down the line? Maybe, but like that doesn't benefit the insurance, you know? Because no. the, the insurance is the one that has to pay out for the work I need done. The dentist, True. I suppose, who's telling me to get this thing so I mm. don't need work down the line would maybe yeah. be the one getting yeah, the money. Okay, yeah, but then yeah. they wouldn't be telling me to get this thing, right? <laughs> True. Okay, so for exclusions then. So like obviously I remember watching Breaking Bad. Which, mm-hmm. You know, he gets cancer and can't afford cover mm-hmm. or can't afford the treatment so that's why he starts cooking up meth mm-hmm. which is a very reasonable rational way to go about it i think yeah we'd all actually. go down that route that or selfie pick <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is also a very viable option yep. um so is that like an issue do can, can people get cancer and not be able to do anything about it like how does that work if you don't have the cover in place will they still treat you So I do think that is true. I think that, you know, someone could have really garbage insurance that either might not cover everything or have a really high deductible because like you could have insurance, but it could say you have to pay $10,000 out of pocket before we cover anything. And it might be like, I'm, I will never reach that because A, I can't afford that. And B, like I might just not ever need that. But by the time I do need something I'm going to have to pay $10,000 mm. and then insurance will cover it. I, I can't remember the details specifically for Breaking Bad, but he was a teacher. So my guess is he probably did have some insurance and maybe it was just not super great. Like what I was just describing. Yeah. I do think though, like there's a difference between treatment and then like life saving care. So if you were to go to the ER either via ambulance or kind of on your own and you you're, you they need to save your life they will and then like you will just get billed that but i think also because they can't deny life saving treatment then they also accept that they're like there's some things that are just going to be written off and you're not going to like you're not gonna be able to pay it. They're not gonna get money from this, but they still have to. Like there's mm-hmm. a they have to provide life saving care. Yeah. But okay, if you show yeah. up and you're like, I need chemo, they might be like, Well, you're you're gonna have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And they'll do it and you'll get billed afterwards, right? And then you might but Okay, cool. Yeah, that's so that answers one of my questions I had, because obviously I wondered what would happen if you didn't have any healthcare insurance. Um, and you ended up in hospital. Like, so I remember I used to watch Scrubs a lot and mm-hmm. there were, you know, storylines on that where someone came in and needed something and they didn't have any insurance. And so they doctored the paperwork or just put it, you know, through without anyone knowing about it and things like yeah. that. Like, would there be ways around it or would they just build the person at the end? Yeah. So, like, in my own experiences of just having to, like, be in the hospital for whatever reason, like, you get the care and then the person comes in afterwards and is, like, 
talking about like, do you have insurance? You know, do you need financial resources? Blah, blah, blah. And for me, it was always just like, yep, here's my insurance, you know? Mm. So I've never had to really worry about it. I also haven't had to like go to the hospital for a lot of things. It's usually mm. just like, I'm super sick right now. Please help me. Yeah. Um, but they always have that like kind of financial person come in at the end. Like I remember a relative of mine needed stitches when he was with me and I took him and like we basically just went to the one downtown, which is also I think probably where a lot of folks who are lower income or maybe don't have insurance go because I think they're kind of like the the hospital that has the resources and maybe can cover stuff for people. Mm-hmm. Um and he was just like, yeah, here's my insurance. And we left. And the woman was like, oh, God, that was super easy. <laughs> so, but I think for like scrubs and stuff, some of it might not be actual, the actual reality. Yeah. But if they, they're going to do it because like, they can't deny people life-saving coverage, but they might, you know, not keep them in the hospital, even if they're like, it would be better if you stayed overnight. Or people might just mm-hmm. say, I don't want to because I can't yeah. afford this. Um, wow. But. I do think there's some financial resources that can be available. You, some, I, I very much think some people just don't pay their medical bills and then either it, like they don't pursue it or you it goes to collections and then you have mm-hmm. kind of this default on your credit, yeah. which is also stupid because some people might want to like try to buy a house or mm. something and they can't because they've got that poor credit because of it and it's just because they were dying and needed it. It, it sucks though. Because, like, that's the other reason why healthcare costs are driven up is because of all the people who can't afford it and then they can't. But also then insurance. It's, like, it's very unethical insurance and the way it works with our system. This is, again, not something I'm fully informed on. But I just remember hearing stories about, like, I got ibuprofen from my doctor in the hospital and it was on my invoice, like, $6,000 for the thing I can go to the gas station and get for two. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Fucking hell. And also, I guess, like, you have the big pharma influence yeah. as well, whereas we, because of the NHS, don't have that. We, you know, our, our NHS will buy the drugs at an agreed contracted price. Mm-hmm. There's no one trying to sell the next big thing or, like, yep. you know, promote them to yeah. doctors. Um, so I guess that must have quite an effect on it. It does. And I think that, like you said earlier, your theory about, you know, the leadership trying to get rid of the NHS, I think there are similar theories with some truth to it for us too, in that it's all just about money. It's Mm. like the big pharma lobbying politicians getting you know having vested interests in things and that's why there's like not this push to make healthcare more accessible or cheaper mm. um it's kind of a battle between the dems and the republicans and um like doctors getting reps from medical you know or you know pharma companies saying like do this thing that's kind of how we got the opioid crisis Mm -hmm. was from big pharma pushing these things and then doctors just like have all the drugs you know there's doctors out there who will just push those Mm. things and so I spoke to Sean the other day and he said he had a dental Mm -hmm. issue that he had to go in for like an emergency one Mm -hmm. and they gave him some crazy strong addictive painkillers that he didn't want or need 
That's so funny you say that because that one is not really considered the most addictive one. Oh, really? It's it it, it can be, but it's mm. it's a mixture of it's hydrocodone and it's mixture of if I remember correctly like Tylenol and like kind of an opioid or maybe an opiate light, but mm. people abuse it for sure, but it's definitely not the highest level one. And yes, it's a very common mm. one to get after a dental procedure here and I think he didn't like them the you know, he had him in the past when he had to get like wisdom teeth out or something and just it did not make him feel good. And they gave it to him again. And he was just kind of like, I'm not I'm not going to take these. I don't like them. I don't like how they no. make me feel. And also, like, I don't know if he felt like he had enough pain. Exactly. Like, them. shouldn't they judge that? Like before yeah. potentially giving out addictive opioids to people? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's mad. That's yep. also another thing. Like, I think the the or well, the British view of America is that like everyone's like majorly over medicated out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's the cultural difference that they won't give us unnecessary drugs because it costs the NHS money to do so. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, I've, I've read stories of like kids being like super medicated really unnecessarily. And like, mm-hmm. obviously you do have a huge opioid crisis mm-hmm. and, yeah, it's interesting because I think there are doctors out there who very much want to not jump straight to medicating people right away, right? Especially if mm. it's in terms of pain. Um, I think with in, in, for kids, we're talking about like kind of psychotropic meds, like ADHD medication and stuff like that. When yeah. And I agree. I think that there's been this like pendulum shift from, you know, kind of ignoring things that need to be addressed to now like just kind of pathologizing kids and not thinking about like is this kid just being a kid are there other things we can do in the meantime to you know it's it it's a back and forth ebb and flow thing but I also think there are doctors out there who are like I'm like really are concerned about people drug seeking and are like I'm not going to prescribe you this right away um particularly if I don't have a relationship with you already. That's why it's important, I think, to have, even though I'm bad about it. And since moving, I had a primary physician when I was living in Sioux City. Um, But it took me a minute to kind of get that established here. And once you develop that relationship with that doctor, like it's much easier to be like, this is what I'm thinking. Or if I went in to my doctor and said, I am wondering about this health issue, but I saw this thing, you know, she, she wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, take all the drugs, but she also wouldn't necessarily be like, mm, because you brought that up, I'm actually going to question your judgment mm-hmm. here. But I think right. this is something that, you know, you and I've talked about talking about on this episode or on this podcast, and it might be good for today is like our advertising of yeah medications and stuff. And I know we touched upon it a little already, but people are going in and saying, I saw this thing on TV and I want it now. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was such a shock when I came over for the first time and saw medications being advertised and not only that it's it's the like the small print afterwards so like say really fast all the side effects this might cause bleeding from your eyeballs uh explosive diarrhea you might die your liver (laughs) might explode and you may die it's just like what the fuck is happening here it's crazy you know what that rash is going to clear up really well (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that is yeah it blew my mind because I just we just don't have that. Here when I read that, all. it's because you guys don't want like patients coming in 
thinking mm. they have an issue needing a drug, like leave that to the expert, right? Go talk to your doctor about your issues and let them do their job to come to the conclusion. Whereas, you know, here it, there are people you could go to and be like, I saw this commercial. I think, I, you know, whatever. And they'd be like, okay, you can try it if you want. Mm. Like there are doctors that really will just do that and not think about the consequences. And that could be because they're overworked. They don't care. They're being paid. Whatever, you know. Yeah. So I, I sent you one the other week, didn't I? It was it was actually Christina Aguilera. Yes. <laughs> advertising a new type of Botox, I think it was. I'll see if I can find it. Um and even on her post, like the fucking side effects were like crazy. I hate wrinkles. I hate wrinkles more than I hate like life. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> More than I care about having, you know, my eyeballs fall out. It's <laughs> uh, crazy. Oh, I don't know if I can find it. Now. It was the Zeoman thing, right? Yeah. I think that was the drug. All right. Let's see what the Zeoman side effects are. Itching, rash, redness, swelling, wheezing, asthma symptoms, dizziness, or feeling faint. <laughs> So, you know, you want to get rid of some of those forehead wrinkles. You might also develop, you know, difficulty swallowing, respiratory infections, muscle weakness, flu-like symptoms. <laughs> yeah. It says here, ask your doctor to tell you all about Xeomin. But the effects of Xeomin may spread hours to weeks. Hours to weeks after injection causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems or muscle weakness can be a sign of a life-threatening condition. <laughs> <laughs> Side effects also may include allergic reactions or injection site pain, eyelid drooping, or swelling. <laughs> These are not yeah. all the possible side effects of ZM. <laughs> Only in rare cases have people died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. There are some drugs out there that, like, the side effects clearly outweigh what it does, like chemo. Mm. drugs right yeah. chemo drugs you're gonna maybe lose your hair you're gonna feel like shit but like it that is kind of pales in comparison to having cancer right so i can yeah. see why it, knowing the side effects is important but it is mm. funny watching some of these commercials even i look at them and laugh and it's like someone like a woman rollerblading and having a great time and <laughs> You know, I can show my skin because I don't, my eczema is cleared up because I take this symbaltic or whatever. And it then it's like the side effects, you know, you, you're, you actually might have a worse rash. Mm, please be aware <laughs> that your sphincter may fall out of your ass. <laughs> Anal prolapse. But that's fine. No one will see that. They can see your ugly skin. <laughs> so wear a diaper. So bad. I mean, yeah. we obviously have like, you know, when we have medications, there's side effects on there, but never anything like that i wonder if our like medical approval for drugs is different here as well i mean it yeah. must be because we don't have anything as crazy as <laughs> i actually had something prepared for when we ultimately talked about this and i didn't like do anything with it yet but like do pixent they this person was kickboxing riding their bike blah 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 but Allergic diseases, eczema, asthma, na nasal polyps might be side effects of this thing that I think was actually just 
for rheumatoid arthritis or something. I don't know. Mm. And then a Zempic, which treats t- type 2 diabetes. But you might also, this is the, the one that people are using for like weight loss now. Right. Um, thus taking it away from people with type 2 diabetes. Yeah, well but, done, guys. I mean, I get it. Like, fine. Because they're now saying like it also might be helpful in addic- addiction treatment. So, okay. I mean, okay. But it's like pancreatitis, uh, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting. Uh, <laughs> In addition to your weight loss and type 2 diabetes, whatever, no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Shit the bed. Yeah. But the it was in 1997 that the Food and Drug Administration here lifted restrictions on direct-to-consumer advertising. Previously, it was required that all the warnings were included, and that made the commercials very long. Mm. So they lifted that to basically major risks and just, like, where you can find more information. Right. Wow. In 2002, a study found ads disseminated misleading information in defense of the ads. The ads did not affect which uh, medications people ultimately got, but that they went and got help. So I think that's what someone was saying is like someone might see an ad, be like, I have that issue. I'm going to go see my doctor. Mm. So they might not actually get that med, but at least prompted them to go get health care, which, okay, fine. Mm. But maybe we just have commercials about common issues and just say, go see your doctor to talk about your options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. What a crazy world we live in. Mm. I think overall, though, is there are, there's no perfect system. I think that's what I've always kind of thought. There's no perfect system. But the best system to me is one that provides equal, like, equitable access for people and, like, allows people to get care they need without yeah. Going to like life ruining debt or having to uh-huh. like sacrifice in some way. Uh, I'm very much of the opinion that I would rather like have my taxes and stuff go to that sort of thing than like the military. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Like, obviously the NHS isn't perfect because it is stretched, but I think it's I think our system is one of the best because like even if you haven't paid national insurance you can still go and get like I could come visit having never paid a dime into national insurance and get care Mm. and I wouldn't have to get like travel insurance nope or anything like that like I would get cared for and I wouldn't have a bill exactly but then we've also got private if you want to pay for private health care and go down that route I don't want to pay for anything. Why is we it got everything the best free? Of both <laughs> yeah. Well, people have both, right? They might they might have private insurance to supplement mm. things like going to the dentist or maybe, you know, mental health care so that they can get it. Because I think the yeah. one thing that I thought that maybe England was a little behind on, but maybe it's getting better, is kind of the conversations about mental health and like encouraging therapy, not necessarily medication, but just encouraging mm. people to address mental health rather than Yeah. And England's not the only country. The forefront (laughs) of it's yeah, it's it's being dealt with and talked about. It's just getting the help on the NHS Mm -hmm. for that sort of thing is. Glad you recognize your suicidal ideation. You've got to wait two years before you can talk about it further, though. Just hold on (laughs) a little bit more, please. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Well, what a bummer. That's (laughs) super glad we got to talk about that. interesting though i find it fascinating it is yeah i think probably this could be an ongoing conversation too just because i know like we could talk about the affordable care act and obama Mm. and people's thoughts about that and what that did for people 
mm-hmm. and how it just like there were changes that allowed me to stay on my parents' insurance until much older than what used to be the case. So right. I got to stay on until I was 26. I was already like had my own job and was working by that point. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Helpful, yeah. for another day. For another time, baby. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I think that's the first time you did it for this episode. I've refrained so. like three times from doing mm, it. Nice. I hate that. I wish you would just feel free to be yourself. Oh, thank you, baby. Well, that took up a lot of time. Maybe we could move straight into the ick factor portion and save some yeah. of our other discussions for next time. And then I can do a little more research anyways. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. You want me to do it or are you doing it? You do it. Okay. So this is, I think, something that you and I have kind of noted. Interesting question. Maybe even talked about it in different ways, both on air and off air. Mm-hmm. But It is interesting because I think we could both think about all of the times that maybe we've developed crushes, dated, you know, short term, long term, whatever. And if we really sat down and thought about it, could pull up a lot of different examples of things. Some shallow, maybe some not. But the question is, have you ever gotten an ick from a potential partner or love interest that instantly killed your attraction to them? If so, what happened? (laughs) And we can talk about some of the answers because this is a Reddit post, but I think I want to hear more about from you. Yeah, I mean, there's been, there's definitely been a few over the years, um, but some that spring to mind immediately are men revving their cars or driving ridiculously fast when there's fucking no need to do so. Yeah. And they think... We think it's cool. Mm-hmm. We don't. No. In fact, my usual response is, is I wish my dick was that small when I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also find that icky. Mm. Um, also, just like general self-care or lack of self-care. Mm-hmm. So someone smelling bad, long toenails. Mm. Um. <laughs> is that a dog oh no it's just my date's feet clicking S- scratching along the floor <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and i guess like mansplaining um mm-hmm. can be really off-putting yeah especially like I don't know, just in a really, like, toxic, arrogant way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're just getting to know someone and that's, like, yeah, how they engage with you. It would just be like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> how about fuck you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would agree with all of those. Those would be things that would be really kind of a turnoff for me, too. And I'm sure probably were in reality just thinking about the numerous men that I've (laughs) (laughs) I this is I think probably one that's true for a lot of people because I think it is a big deal but like being a really bad kisser yeah hard and I specifically remember kind of 
like a few guys like I could compare their kissing style to like an animal like one guy kind of seemed like a weird little snake and one guy seemed like this like little mole rodent kind of and I just not that I was like especially like the first time I kissed someone I'm sure I was not great but like I just it, it, it seems to me that many there think like being like the tightest clenched mouth or like I'm gonna unhinge my jaw and and use my tongue to fish out and, your tonsils <laughs> yeah that's and then the you have worst to, like, wipe your face afterwards <laughs> yeah. or just like really jam it in there I don't know I think like there's of course a depending on the kind of vibe like sure kissing might get a little more aggressive or something I don't know but just like the first kiss is often the deal maker deal breaker Mm -hmm. for me and there have been a couple guys where I was like he was really hot but I just no I can't can't do that Mm -mm. also it's like just follow what the other person's doing Mm -hmm. but they're probably sending you some cues some people are just like nope this is what I'm doing I don't know if it would be worth us (laughs) trying to save the video (laughs) from this episode (laughs) and posting it somewhere because that was great. (laughs) Yeah, that is that is a rough one. Um, And you can kind of tell early on if you're going to. I mean, there's probably been a few times where it's like, all right, I'll give him another shot. And then probably never got better. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So it sounds like you agree. I do indeed. Yeah. That's a bit of a deal breaker. Bit of a dick. I also, this kind of, it's similar with your kind of rubbing the engines and stuff, like this whole, like, masculine aggro kind of, like, fighting behavior that sometimes guys, like, you bumped into me, you know, I'm going to, like, fight you, kind of get really mm-hmm. aggressive. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll give you an example because I think it's a really prime one that really fucking turns me off. Um, I was on on a date sort of I, this is a long story that's that I probably won't talk about today but like I was out with a guy who there were a slew of other issues with him but I think I it was just like okay yes I'll meet up for a drink and he was already I think pretty intoxicated at mm-hmm. that point too when I met up with him I didn't know at the time though and so we were at a bar and some guy older gentleman like he was I was probably 23 or 24 at the time and he was like 50s 60s you know, he was drunk too. He came out. It was just us sitting outside. He came out and, you know, as drunk people are, especially when it's just two other people outside, they'll, you know, made a comment to us like, oh, you know, nice night. Yeah. And then he he kind of went on to say like, oh, you smell really nice. Um, And, you know, kind of just generally chit chat, but was complimenting me. And my date was like, get the fuck away from her. Or if you say anything about her again, I'm going to take this glass and break it and cut the nose off your fucking face wow yeah and it was just like and he was like getting really aggro and aggressive and escalated about it and I was just so embarrassed Mm. because yes this old man was like we didn't want him chatting with us but he also was not bothering us really he was just drunk and it wasn't even he wasn't even being super lecherous but I was just like I I truly hate that that kind of behavior Mm -hmm. really bothers me yeah I had a similar thing once with a a guy I was seeing. We were just just walking down the road together, and he saw someone who he'd 
fallen out with or I don't know, some beef had happened between them. And he ran across the road and like grabbed this guy by the throat and like started threatening him. And I was just like, wow, that was unnecessary. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Like, one, you just ignore him. You're meant to be with me. And that he didn't is, even engage with you. <laughs> no, it's just not attractive at all. Like, it's just, yeah. So did that end it after that or? It didn't actually, no. Maybe just kind of led to the downhill yeah, that trend of it downhill. ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine didn't, the story I just told you, that wasn't quite the end of it either. It should have been many instances before that should have been as well. But it's it's one of those things where it's like you, it's implanted in your mind and it probably guides future encounters and ultimately your desire yeah to even engage with that person anymore mm-hmm. so and it you know it shows you their character yeah so yeah red flag for sure some of the reddit comments were oh, yeah, i saw his up. butt crack while getting out of a car <laughs> <laughs> which yeah okay fair could like was it because it was he not wearing underwear was it dirty like I could see that but I also think like sometimes that happens yeah (laughs) I don't know if that'd be an instant deal breaker for me but (laughs) no uh this one he smelled like nacho cheese Doritos oh yum (laughs) yeah so kind of going self-care smelling bad yeah Yeah, I can see that out of the blue they told me they fuck someone at Ikea right before dinner (laughs) overshare okay yeah A guy peed his pants while driving my car and didn't even acknowledge it. I got back to his place and I bounced. Thankfully, I had a towel in my truck. Yeah. Yep. That would be. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah, be. Yeah, I'm getting the ick from that. Yep. Um, sorry. Have, have you just pissed yourself? In my car. In, in my car. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I met a pretty cute girl for a date. When we met, she pulled out a stick of gum and littered with the foil wrapper. Like, boom, right there and then. I was so shocked. I was frozen and I didn't do anything. I was like 20 at the time. Inside, I was like, what the fuck? We walked around the park and talked a bit. Shortest, most awkward date ever. The one action made her so ugly to me. Yeah, littering. I'd be the same. I mean, I can respect that, but I was expecting when I just glanced at it, I was like, oh, what did she do? Oh, she she littered her foil. Like, pick it up and be like, I really hate litterers, man. And then. But he said it was 20 at the time and stuff. Mm. So he was a balding adult male goth. Okay. Just not your type, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what your thoughts are on this one. Because I think this kind of goes into my like aggro kind of unnecessary behavior. Rude to the waiter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I hate when people are just dicks for no reason. Mm, there's no need for it. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, that's not a good look and an immediate red flag on a date if someone's rude to the waiter. Or he, anyone, and, actually. Anyone yeah. like a cleaner, you know, taxi driver, bus driver, anything like that. Red yeah. flag. I mean, I even think, like, if someone's being rude to you, I would I would appreciate someone who kind of took the high road, right? But mm. I get there might be some instances where I might be like, no, you were fucking right to do that. But yeah. Yeah. All right, last one, because it's funny. He ended our phone call saying he was off to have his dindins. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I suppose words could 
make a difference to <laughs> it me. depends how they say it you know? <laughs> yeah maybe really bad grammar or spelling just consistently would be hard mm. yeah, yeah that one's tricky but then it's you can't i don't know it's hard to judge someone on yeah i suppose if they're like dyslexic or something yeah. or just yeah i it depends right i yeah. suppose it'd be easy to do just meeting them dating online online dating and stuff but if it were met them in person and was getting to know them and then they sent me a text and it's like real bad mm. maybe i could let that go yeah mm. anymore yeah there's i mean there's loads but i mean someone said the n-word hard or yeah that wow. would be a big one for me i would i would be repulsed and make sure i let them know that before mm. i walked away yeah any um, form of like bigotry racism <laughs> anything mm-hmm. like that really yeah. just run mm. Took off his jacket and was wearing a thin blue line shirt, which that is like pro police. Just so you know. That's what? It I'll show you. It's like the thin blue line is like a symbol, you know, like BLM, Black Lives Matter. Oh. It's okay. like that, but um, Blue Lives Matter. Yeah, that yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hard no. I think just because the connotation of it's kind of like if I would see this, I would see similar to me as seeing like the Confederate flag. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. I know mm. what you stand for yeah. and what you believe in. Mm. So. Yeah. No, thank you. Ta-ta. Mm-hmm. I'm off yeah. my dindins. Okay. Well, that was, that was fun. I love talking about things that disgust us about other people. <laughs> <laughs> just spreading the word, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but I think it's time for our weekly segment of Am I the Asshole? You know you are, baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the Asshole for asking my roommates to remove their dildos from the bathroom mirror in a way that was not kind? Oh, no, this is going to be a hard one. Okay. Last night, one of my roommates washed their dildos in the bathroom sink and suctioned them onto the mirror to dry. I used the bathroom (laughs) shortly after, and when I came out, knocked on their door, and they said, who is it? And I said, get your dildos off the bathroom mirror, and walked away. (laughs) Why did they ask who is it when they... (laughs) I mean, they brought... Okay, sorry. Yep, go on. It's me, your dildo. Um... (laughs) I went to bed later that night. The following morning, both dildos were still stuck on the mirror when I walked in. And again, I told them to get their dildos out the bathroom. They told me I need to ask them kindly instead of demanding. And I said that I shouldn't have to ask at all. We got into an argument about it. I'm worried that maybe I'm the asshole because I definitely didn't kindly ask. But it's not like I was mean or unkind either. As stated above, I feel like I shouldn't have to ask at all for my roommates not to leave their dildos in the common area. Mm. And the mm-hmm. insistence that I ask them kindly feels like them trying to derail from my request for the dildos not to be left in the common area. Thoughts? Okay, so I feel like there is perhaps there should be an unspoken understanding about items such as that being left in such a way that could impede the use of the room. I mean, I just thought there was an unspoken rule about that. Yeah. (laughs) I think I, or 
to me, it seems like that is one of those things where if that is how that person cleans them and dries them and stuff, then like that maybe should have been a discussion because to it, it's just it, sticking a dildo on a mirror in a bathroom is different than washing the dildo and like leaving it, letting it, letting it dry in a towel, maybe like on a shelf or something, you know, yeah. like that could have, they could have done that even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also think that this could have been an opportunity for that person. So they said, I worried I, I'm the asshole because I definitely didn't ask kindly, but I also wasn't super unkind or just like maybe a little demanding, but has this been an issue before where it's like, could mm-hmm. you not do this? And they still do. Cause then I would be like, I don't know if you're the asshole here. Like you guys already talked about this, but if it was the first time they saw it, first time it's happened, it could just be like, do you think we could come up with a different way for you to do this? Yeah. Or did you just forget this one time? And so like, hey, they're still in there. I have company coming over. Or I, I, you know, I guess I wonder if this person's like kind of uncomfortable with dildos, which that is maybe some a dynamic that they need to figure out for themselves. But I suppose like it would be like if I lived with you, Gemma, and you left your used tampons everywhere. I don't know. It's kind of just like don't. Maybe don't do that. I'm trying to think of an equivalent because I don't want to like shame anybody, but it feels like that is not, that was not like the best way to leave it either. You know what Mm. I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Let it dry in your bedroom mirror. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, or, you know, stick them on there for the second. And then once you're finishing up cleaning up the bathroom, pull them off because now there's going to also be suction rings you're going to have to clean and like maybe drips like you're going to be tidying up in there I just don't just like do it in the bathroom let them dry and then when you leave take them with you you know um that'd be the polite thing to do both people maybe are slightly assholes in this scenario and I because certainly the roommate could have asked better but I also think that, like, to say, I won't do it until you, like, they could have then went and removed them and been like, hey, I'm sorry. I would appreciate it if you didn't, like, bang on my door and yell at me if you needed me to do something. You know, they both could have probably talked about it a different way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, very similar to yours, really. Um, I think I'd probably feel a little bit uncomfortable if someone left their dildo in in the communal bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm not a prude, but I'd be like, mm, what, what's, your, what's your dildo doing there, mate? What yeah. are you doing? Um, the top comment on this is great. There's a couple I want to read you, actually. Leaving dildos on the mirror is a dick move. But I'm bumped. And the poster should have just taken them and put them in their room. And when the roommate asks, say that you used it. It was in the common area, so I assumed it was for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really clever way to go about it. Yeah. That would have been so good. Yeah. It's just a reflection of who they are. <laughs> <gasps> oh, this is a bunch of dads making dad jokes on this post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't be such a dildo. I'm just trying to think if like that... I don't, that wouldn't, I would probably be so private about that, that I don't even know if I would 
want to clean them in the bathroom, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'll just do it in my room. <laughs> uh, some other people have suggested that maybe it was like a power move. Like, as you say, like some people wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, this person said, I'm a very open person, but when it comes to this stuff, I would not dream of leaving my toys out in a public common area. No. Um, even when I lived in alone just in case someone stopped over and if mm -hmm. you're feeling really petty next time put on some rubber gloves and suction them to their window from the outside so that they can't reach it <laughs> or their car windshield they'll get the message yeah yeah that is something you could do oh the pettiness yeah it's just like the thing is is there's like a when you have a roommate you it's not the same as living with your family on your own with a partner you know mm. there are just certain things that I think you have to do kind of just out of mutual respect for your yeah. roommate right like mm -hmm. some like clean up the mess you made in the kitchen and now people don't do that too you know but that's where you get roommate beef exactly so mm. and then you or you start engaging in power struggles and like I had a roommate in college whom I love dearly and we joke about this all the time but I think I can't remember exact circumstances of it, but I think we had people over and some, someone peed in like a beer sign and like left it on the table. Oh. And either because neither of us knew who did it, whose guest it was, neither of us cleaned it up. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm not cleaning up your mug, your friend's mug of piss friend. And she's like, I'm not cleaning up your friend's mug of piss. And I was like, none of my <laughs> no. friends peed in that mug. <laughs> How long did it stay there? Not super long, but I, I I'm a hundred percent positive it was one of her friends, and <laughs> uh, mostly because I didn't have a lot of friends. But imagine if you just never cleaned it up. It just yeah, stayed there no. for two years. And but we joke about the mug of piss because I was uh, like, who who did that, and how come like none of us realized that was happening? And I also now I'm now that I'm thinking about it. I wonder if we actually were like. Is that actually piss or is that just like apple juice? Uh, <laughs> should we I try it? <laughs> that did not happen. The joke is just that mug of piss was there for a few days. <laughs> nice. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good times. Oh, well, you've really uh, <clears throat> put the world to rights there. From healthcare to dildos to beer steins of piss, we've covered it all. Solving the world's most difficult issues. I just, we're really doing good, clean work. I think we're doing for, the God's work, actually, aren't we? Yeah, I was mm. going to say God's, and then I was like, I don't know if I want to say God's work. But yeah, we are doing God's work, yeah. the Lord's work, really. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. Amen, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, talked enough shit for today. Yeah. As we said at the top, please check out our TikTok, Twitter, upcoming Instagram um, pages, talk, uh, Talking Shit with Yank and a Brit. The TikTok and the Twitter are the Twayab. I can't switch. Twayab. T S W A Y A A B. You'll find us. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we have an email at all. nope not at all not at all we have an email talk shit to us please i would love to hear some of our listeners ick factor mm. like put huge turnoffs things that just made you not want to see someone anymore yeah um 
interesting experiences with healthcare in the U.S. or the U.K. Mm. Um, maybe what your thoughts are about the dildos on the mirror. Yeah. Have you ever stuck <laughs> your dildo to a mirror? Or, you know, if I was in the wrong or my roommate was in the wrong about leaving that glass pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was the arsehole in that scenario? Let us know. Um, talk shit to us at gmail.com. Like, rate, su- subscribe, review, give us five stars, tell tell everyone about us because we're funny and charming and wise and cute and affluent and just really good friends. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> All right. Love you, Gemma. Have a good rest of the week. And you. Ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye. G-Bag. Remember when I was telling you the other day about how it's hard for me to leave my home because I don't want to leave my blender? Yeah, your emotional support blender you called it, which I thought was weird and maybe a little problematic. I said it feels like my emotional support blender because of how many smoothies I make and how good I feel these days because of them. Okay, go on. Well, I found something the other day that may solve my problem. Oh, tell me more. I discovered this thing called Blendjet 2. It's a portable blender that you can use basically anywhere or anytime. Seems messy. I know, but it doesn't look like it is. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. More like a margarita at work, know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or that. But it's also small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house and it lasts 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. So not messy at all, I don't think. Okay, I'm intrigued. And now I want a margarita. Me too. It looks like there's tons of different styles and colors, so you can have a margarita Blendjet for work a protein blend jet for the car, and a soup blend jet for the forest? (laughs) Sure. I want the camo one because I am a certified badass. (laughs) Just don't lose it in the woods. Okay, so what are we waiting for? These look awesome. I know. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code TSPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Blendjet feels so strongly that no other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They'll guarantee you love it or your money back. Gotta love the confidence and the ability to blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the code TSPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. I'll cheers you with our Blendjet margaritas next time I see you. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers.